Hey, Warners, welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy and Sales Gravy University. I am super stoked that I am bringing back Cynthia Barnes to this show. She was on the show a couple years ago, right before Outbound, and here she is. Uh, I'm going to welcome you in, and then I'm going to talk about our run-in. So welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Those Jerry Barry Manilow jazz hands for you. I love your jazz hands. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. So everyone needs to know that we ran into each other at an event in Raleigh, North Carolina. It was such a crazy, it was such a crazy thing because I ran into a lot of people I knew. It was like this weird, like I ran into you or like, and then all of a sudden to my right was somebody else. And like, and then I'm like, do you guys know each other? And then I introduced you guys to each other and you didn't know each other. And you're both on my podcast at one point. But I just kept running into people that I knew at this event in North Carolina. And it was just so cool to run into you. And that's because you're a freaking celebrity. Hello. Hello. That only happens to celebrities. Hello. Well, doesn't that make you a celebrity, too? It takes one to know one. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I love it. And that was like, that was such a great moment for a couple of oh, reasons, yeah. right? We haven't been out as much in the networking capacity. So this was an association event that I'm going to be speaking at in a couple months. And so I kind of want to go check out the the vibe of the group before I speak with them. And we're not out networking as much. And so there's such a great energy about being present physically with people, a lot of people in the same room. And then like you and I could like, we're like sharing all these ideas and sitting together like, oh my God, I didn't want to leave you. And then it was cool just running into you because I hadn't seen you since Outbound in Atlanta. I'm like, wait, what are you doing? Oh, like that's your neighborhood. You like live there. And then yes. it reminded me, I'm like, we're so close to each other. We're only like a three and a half hour drive, which to me is like nothing. nothing. And I'm like, why are we not getting together more often? Exactly. Hello. Shame on us. So right. we're going to change that. We're going to change that. We're going to put something on the calendar because I love your energy and your vibrance and I love being around you. So Those here feelings we are so mutual. God, thank you. And so here we are. And you've got some new stuff going on. So let's do this. For those who've not heard you on the show before or don't know who you are, let's do just did the quick elevator pitch of Cynthia Barnes and all the greatness. Who is she? I am founder and CEO of the National Association of Women Sales Professionals. You may have heard of me as the first black female to keynote a major sales conference, which was Outbound 2022. Let's see, I'm a LinkedIn top voice. And my shtick, if you will, is about elevating women in sales to reach the top 1%. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. So what are you working on now? You've got a, a project. What, what is this project that you've got yeah, going on? It's called the Sin Michelle Project. And after our encounter in North Carolina, when you and I, when you and I connected, I left that interaction just reeling with all kinds of ideas of possibility of questions, more questions than I ever imagined I would ever have. So 
I took my phone on the way back. I'm driving, right? And so I'm making notes in my phone verbally. So I'm not actually texting for those of you who are the police. <laughs> and so I'm asking myself questions, like things like, am I living my best life? And what does my best life look like? And then I'm telling it, this is what my best life would be. And so I've got all of these, probably just 20 different questions and just a brain dump of what living my best life looks like and what do I think is holding me back. And I love ChatGPT. Can I just tell you? I love it. Tell me, what did it do to you? Yes. So I have a number of prompts that I have perfected over my my the course of my using ChatGPT. And one thing I've learned is that junk in, junk out, garbage in, garbage out. So you ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. So part of using ChatGPT well is to ask it the right question. Hmm. So what I did was I asked a series of questions and it asked me the series of questions to refine the prompt. And I put in my brain dump into Hmm. ChatGPT, all of these notes that I'm taking on the way home. And it created the Sin Michelle Project. And I used Sin Michelle, Sin for Cynthia. Michelle is my middle name. And that's what my dad used to call me. And I thought about my best life and who I wanted to be. And I am daddy's girl through and through. So am I. I love us. Yes. So all of those great qualities of confidence and joyful and kind. I took a look at who am I? How am I appearing to my followers, to my audience? And what changes do I want to make? My brain dump included things like my finances, included things like fitness, included things like how is it that I want to be a better friend, a better aunt, a better daughter. And ChatGPT came up with a framework of a 12-month-long process for me to achieve success, my definition of success in these four key areas. And that's what I'm calling the Send Michelle Project. So over the course of the next year, I have four different quarters, each revamping my life in these said areas. Mm. Yeah, it's a project of me. It's a project on me. Yeah, I love it. So what is it? What is it doing? So is it... Setting you up on like achieving all these goals, basically? Yes. So I have financial goals. Being of a certain level in our careers, we have financial goals. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that I have the freedom and the flexibility to do what I want to do. And that is traveling overseas at least four times a year, doing uh, a summer in Italy with my niece so that she can learn Italian. Things that big bucket dreams. Yeah, yeah. Big bucket dreams. One quarter is going to be forced uh, for forcing me to look at fitness. So for the first quarter, I am doing 75 hard and it's a mental toughness challenge, but it's also requiring me to work out twice a day and get into the best shape of my life. Because when I'm 80 years old, I want to be able to walk up and down the stairs without huffing and puffing. I mm-hmm. want to be able to take a shower and loof on my heels without breaking out into a sweat. The small things in life. Yeah. Amen. Yes. So all of these things that I want to work on, I've given myself a year and 
I'm going to, I'm going to work on, and I'm going to catalog my journey because I can't be the only one who has dreams that are unfulfilled. You're right. I can't be the only one. No. So if I go through my journey, when I go through my journey and I catalog it and other people look at my journey, hopefully they can say, you know what? If Cynthia can do it, I can do it too. I love this. I love this. I might have to have you come talk to some uh, some ladies who are in a women's mastermind with me. Yes. Yeah. Because what we're working on right now, we're calling it reinvention. It's the theme. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's the theme that they came up with collectively as a group. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't start that way. And I'm just kind of facilitating them. And But but this is what they're working on is reinvention. They're all in different places of their yes. lives and careers, but they have one thing in common. They're trying to reinvent so that they have these better lives, reaching yes. their dreams. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And just because we are a certain age, whatever age that is, doesn't mean that we can't accomplish great things. And even though we've accomplished great things, doesn't mean we can't accomplish more great things. Yeah. Here's what I love about getting older. Like we are at the in our prime. We are at such a peak because of our experience and our knowledge that mm-hmm. like this is like probably to me the most exciting time. Yes. And I really didn't think of it like that until recently. Because I thought, wow, I have more years behind me than I most likely do ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of depressing. Yeah. And then my friend Bernie runs a podcast about midlife fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And for years, I have been feeling unfulfilled and searching for what is it that I'm missing? Is it the fact that I don't have kids? Is it more education that I need? Do I need to get closer to my higher power? What is it that I'm yearning for? And then I looked at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and I said, well, I've got this and this. It's that self-actualization. Because Gina, when I get to the pearly gates at the end of my life and St. Peter, whomever's there, says, Cynthia, you've really done a good job with your life. You created NAWSP. You changed lives for women in sales. You're this, you're that. All those accolades are nice. But when he pulls back the curtain, and says, would you like to see what the heavens had planned for you that you were too scared to accomplish or too scared to try? I don't want to be surprised. I don't want to say, you know what? I didn't try that because I thought I would fail. I want to leave it all out on the field so when I get to the end of my life, I can say, I at least tried it. Yeah, I at least tried it. Yeah. So how did this awakening happen? Did it come from being at that event? Like how did all of a sudden you're like, wait, what's going on here? What's the turning point? Yeah, in that conversation, I realized I was giving you advice that I needed to hear. For yourself? Yes. I was pouring into you like I pour into a lot of people. And I was thinking about, well, who's pouring into me? And I thought, well, how can you expect anyone else to pour into you if you don't pour into yourself? So how would it look 
if you took the advice that you so willingly pour into mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. That was a big aha for me too, is the pouring into you and then hearing myself say these things. And then you were mirroring it back to me of like, right? Yeah, right. Cause you were like, okay, what would you tell yourself if you're coaching yourself? Exactly. And we don't spend time on that coaching yeah. ourselves, which is why I'm huge into having coaches and mentors that yes. can, I think that was like the biggest aha walking out of that event is like, I need more of that. I need more yes. of being around people like you yeah. who are like me in essence, mm-hmm. because we really can empower each other and pour into each other. And when you're women like us, or it can be men too, anyone like us who are high achieving or with high goals, we're so accustomed to pouring into others because yes. of the nature of our roles that we we don't take the time to pour into ourselves. And then it's like, wait a second, what just happened? Right. And when you find people like you who get you, see, women like us, the mother, the, the women your mother warned you about, women like us, we buck the status quo. Mm-hmm. We challenge the status quo. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Very. And when people are uncomfortable, they say things that are not quite kind. Mm-hmm. They throw shade. Yep. They're kind of judgy. Yep. And we have to, we take those microaggressions and we, we deal with them. But what if we were to surround ourselves with like-minded people who feed our soul, who we don't have to filter out the microaggressions and the backhanded compliments? Yep. What would life look like if we did that? Where could we be if we just selected our circle better? Hmm. I feel an idea blooming that we're not going to, I don't know, but I feel like something could happen here because, right, we both want the same kind of thing. And I was at brunch, I was with brunch, at brunch with a girlfriend over the weekend, and she was kind of sharing the same thing with me, her frustration in the community that we live in, that we don't feel like there are enough. And, and it's funny because it's how the show got started of being someone who bucks the status quo that people kind of throw shade at, but we need, we don't know where else to find people like us. And the smaller the town, the harder for sure. And she was like, I like, where can I find more women like you to surround myself with? And I'm like, I think we have to actually create it. You do. And you have to be intentional. Yep. Mm -hmm. We have to create that group. I feel like a pro- another project yes. coming on. There you go. There you go. Because th- the truth of the matter is we have big personalities. We are magnetic and we are vibrant. We've got the effervescence and charisma. People want to be in our space. And while that's good, great even, if those people who want to be in our space are not willing to pour into us like we pour into them, it can become unbalanced and re- and resentment comes. Yeah. yeah. So just because people are attracted to you doesn't necessarily mean that they should be part of your tribe. Correct. Yeah. You've- we can serve them. Sure. For money. Uh, 
<laughs> we can serve others, but for us to also fill our buckets so that we can better serve. Yes. We it's, have it's to have. Cool. Yeah. We have to have these other people that are in our sphere, which yeah. was my true desire of this podcast five years ago when I started it is like I wanted to create this tribe that kind of got put a little bit on a shelf because there was a bigger vision for the show when it started. And that vision mm. was to create this circle of women who felt like me, who could come together and serve each other. And maybe it just had to be put on a shelf for a few years because I was battling other things that needed to get battled and the timing wasn't right. Right. I'm and now it didn't go. Now it's always, it's always been there. It's always been, even the name of the show was a more generic name of the show for the purpose of being able to expand it out later in, in a way that could serve women like us. Yes. All right. We got some work to do on this. We do. We do. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. So what's going on business-wise? What's going on there? I'm really taking time for me. I am, I, I'm taking time for me and I'm working on a couple of projects to help. It's like as I learn and grow, I'm creating content and courses based mm. upon the evolution. It's like it, it's like the evolution of a butterfly. The the caterpillar becomes the goes into the chrysalis formation mm-hmm. yeah. and emerges a butterfly. If you were to open up that cocoon where the caterp- the caterpillar has gone in and you open it up too soon, you would see nothing but gel and goo. Right? Yeah, Just yeah. nastiness. The reason it's there is because the caterpillar cells are eating itself to break it down. Right? I love this metaphor. Yes. So I'm in that phase. I'm breaking down the old so that I can build a better new. And that's where I am. It's like the in-between. Yeah. You don't really know what's going to come out on the other side. But when you know that your life up until this point has led you to a place of unfulfillment, you have no choice. If you want better, you have no choice but to look internally and figure out what's missing, what's wrong, and ask yourself the hard questions. And those questions for me are leading to some very profound things. Mm. Some things that I don't necessarily like about myself, some things that I want to change because I know I can be better, but I've got to do better. What are some of the things you discovered you don't like? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I just know that people will probably most likely relate to whatever you say. There are instances where I look back on how I have treated people and looking back through a different lens, through this lens that I'm going through now, mm-hmm. I have to ask myself, could I have handled that situation better? Mm. Did I say things, do things that could have left them with a bad taste in their mouth about me? Mm. And it's not about me and how I portray. It's not about the ego. 
It's about genuinely wondering, did I do anything to offend or unnerve? Because the Sin Michelle Project, the woman I want to be, I want people to leave my presence feeling like they're the most important person in the world. Mm. So I made a list of people that I think I may feel less than that. Fascinating. And I reached out to them. Really? I did. It's been a very tearful experience. And sometimes people, you know, hop on a Zoom call with me and they say, Cynthia, I never had any ill will toward we us going our separate ways. I knew you were busy. I was busy. I had this project. You had that project. And there was no ill will. I think you're overthinking it. And I would say, okay, great. And then there are times when people show me grace and they say things like, I forgive you. I forgave you a long time ago. And they tell me that they don't give up on people they love and that everyone deserves a second chance. There is a lot of fear I face in reaching out to people that I think I've done wrong. And I don't necessarily want to, but the woman I want to be owes it to the people that I think I've done wrong Mm. to say, I'm sorry. And to ask, how can I make it better? And again, there are some people who say, Cynthia, I never thought that you did me wrong. But in case I have ever said or done anything to make anyone feel less than, I want to fix it. I think that is so beautiful and vulnerable and filled with so much humility. So thank you for opening that up for the listeners, because I think that is going to be impactful. There's so much there to unpack because I think we all have these moments where we're like, gosh, I could have done that better. I could have maybe been kinder or gentler in what I'm doing because what comes with this persona of a woman your mother warned you about or whatever you want to call it, we move fast. We have big personalities. We have good intentions. And often we can be misperceived or misconceived. I've struggled with this my entire life. And I've gone through the roller coaster of it, of that's not how to come off. And Mm -hmm. and I, I often say, it's like, I can't control your perception of me. But I think you bring up a really kind of thought provoking thought of we can stop to look through a different lens Mm -hmm. and just try to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And I've often said to people, like, especially when I managed a large team, I'm like, you know what, this is how I show up as a leader, good, bad, or indifferent. And I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. And feel free to push back on me when I appear to be an asshole because I don't mean to. Right. Right. And so I think a big piece of this is just having the self-awareness to what you're talking about. And I also find it interesting that you're also judging yourself because some people are coming back going, uh, what are you talking about? Right. 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 right? And so this is also we got to look, we, we can't be hard, too hard on ourselves either. Sure. Right. And then at the same time, what I hear you saying is. I just want to be a different 
woman. I want to be a better woman. And that woman, she was great. But I want to up her game to be even greater. Exactly. Is really what it comes down to. It's like, how can I always be in the process of how do I up my game and be just a little bit better of a human being? Yes. Yes. Because there are times and there were times when I would say, what other people think about you is none of your business, Cynthia. And I would just say, you know what? That's who I am. And I'm moving on. I still say that. (laughs) And I can't. And I wasn't worried about what you think of me. And there's experts out there who say out of 12 people, 10 are automatically going to not like you. And one person will be on the fence and one person will like you. So don't worry about the 10. I do. I am concerned with others' feelings. Not to the point where it's going to uh, make it an obsession. I want to be more aware. It's like the intersectionality of intent and impact. Mm -hmm. My intent is good. Yeah. Sometimes my intent is just loosey-goosey, like I don't care. But the impact is where I want to focus my energies. I don't want to be like the Tasmanian devil leaving a trail of destruction in my path. (laughs) Because it can happen. Because as an entrepreneur, as a leader, as all these different hats we wear, we can go through life just saying, you know what, I'm going to conquer this and conquer that and the rest of the world be damned. I think there's an opportunity to slow down And realize that although our intentions may be great, sometimes our impact doesn't match that. Oh, that is so well said. That is so well said. And do you think, I've got questions here. So where my head goes, my curiosity goes. Where does it come from that we run like the Tasmanian devils for so long? Like, what do you think triggered that Tasmanian devil whatever hurricane that's what i'm seeing i'm seeing like a hurricane or a tornado come through and then now you've just had this kind of awakening what do you think was causing those moments for you before you got to the awakening two things programming from a young age and strengths finders Mm. that assessment Mm -hmm. my number one strength is competition Anything that you amplify too much can be a detriment. So while competition is a great strength, it also can lead you to think or view situations like I have to be better than you Mm. because I have to be number one. Mm -hmm. When you're going through life thinking about I have to be number one, you kind of just say everything else, the chips may fall where they may. As long as I'm number one, everything else be damned. And that, young- that, that exudes, right? Because yes. people are like, oh, she's right. She's got to be number one. Get out of her way. Right. And sometimes it's great. I'm learning. That's not all there is in life. Mm-hmm. So when you're number one, so what? You've always got to strive to be number one because people expect you to be number one. And now you're alone in the number one spot. Exactly. And that's terrible. What good are all the accolades and all of the being on the top of the leaderboard if you're sitting down 
to a glass of sparkling water, looking at all the accolades and I'm looking at all of them here on my shelf and you're sitting there by yourself. What is success if you don't have anyone to share it with? I would much rather, and this is the the kids play sports and they say, well, everybody gets a trophy. And I used to think that is just complete BS. The number one team gets a trophy and everybody else try harder next year. (laughs) And now I'm thinking, what? Why can't we all celebrate? Why can't we all? I want to see everybody succeed, not just me. I want my girlfriends and I to be in it in Rome or in Florence. And we're traveling the world. We're all succeeding. We're all celebrating each other's success. There's more than enough room for everybody. When I was a kid, my dad said, because he's from the segregated South in Georgia, and he said that there are three types of people in the world, those who make things happen, those who wait for things to happen, and those who wonder what the hell happened. Mm -mm. He said, as a young black girl with two strikes against you, if you are going to be successful in life, you have to realize that people are going to judge you unfairly based upon the color of your skin and your gender. He said the only way that you can overcome that is to be the absolute best because they can't take that away from you. So that programming from a young age, the next year I went to the Girl Scouts and they said, we're going to do Girl Scout cookies. And and I said, well, I need two cookie sheets, two sign-up sheets because I've got to be twice as good as everybody else. That mindset of Mm -hmm. being better than everybody else served me well and helped me achieve a lot there's got to be a balance. Yeah. So you were missing, you were, you had all the things to be successful, but you, what you were missing is maybe the humble pie, maybe a higher emotional intelligence to be more aware. Maybe it's that mix. Does that sound fair? The, the humility was there because I knew how hard it was to get there. Mm-hmm. I think what was missing was the, I want to be more of we and less of me. Yeah. The spotlight has been on me for years. First black woman did this, first black woman did that. And those are great things because it shows other women. Yeah. Hey, there's a successful black woman in sales. Yeah. I would love to have a stage full of women who I've helped get to wherever they want to be and I'm nowhere to be found. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I want to look from the audience and I want to say, you know what? They have achieved their life's mission, their goal. They're at the top 1%. And in some respects, I do that with NAWSP because there are women who go through our programs, who go through our training, who say, you know what, it helped me, Cynthia helped me get there. Can we just have women be successful and and I have a form of anonymity? Can we do that? Can we focus on them and not on me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I want to be more behind the scenes. I want to, to, I still want to impact, but I want to focus on me. For the next 12 months, I'm working on me, the Sin Michelle Project. I'll still help other people. But the limelight is not about what I can accomplish. It's about me being the best version of Sin Michelle that I can be. I love it. Yeah. 
And now I feel like we should go to Italy. Let's go. (laughs) No, I'm I'm serious. We'll offline. We'll talk about how do we create this group of women like us. There's several of us who have been talking about going to Italy and doing something. And I'm feeling like you just brought up Italy again, which just means you just put it back out into the universe again that I'm feeling like we got to create the thing where we go do that. Yes. Yes. I just got back from Italy and I went by myself and it was the most therapeutic week of my life. Where'd you go? Florence. Mm, I love Florence. I love both. I would love to go back and forth between Florence and Sorrento. I've never been to Sorrento. Let's add that. And Tuscany. Yes. 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 I love Tuscany. Okay. So maybe we'll call it the Italy Project. Yes. Put that on the list. What are the courses you're working on? Ah, I'm working on one now. It's called the 30-Day Assertiveness Challenge. Ooh. Yes. And it is, yes, you get a course and and I am infamous for two o'clock in the morning, can't sleep. Let me go and sign up for this course and this course. (laughs) And I've got so many unfinished courses in my inbox. And I realize that I'm not the only one. People do like 15% of a course and they say, you know what, I'm done. And I thought, how do I overcome that? Because they want the knowledge, but the delivery is the issue. Mm -hmm. So I've partnered with a company and we are sending a two minute chunk, knowledge chunk, if you will, to your text every single day. Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So for 90 seconds to two minutes a day, you get an audio message from me with a task on how to level up your assertiveness because there's nothing wrong, nothing worse actually than being, having something to say and not being heard. Mm -hmm. So for those women who go into the boardroom and others talk over her or she doesn't feel confident enough to speak up and speak out, this course will help you with that. When is this going to be ready? This will be ready on September 7th. Okay, great. I figure if the NFL can launch the first season with the uh, with the Chiefs in Detroit, <laughs> NFL season starts, I'm starting my course that day too. It's like that's, a big day. That's perfect. This episode will come out after the course is launched. So we'll include information yes. in the show notes. So if you're listening to this course is ex- exists. So yes, it does. And you sign up and it's less than a dollar a day. So it's less than a cup of coffee. And for $29.99, you can get a dose of me in your inbox, actually on your phone, which is a lot easier. You press yeah. play, you listen to it, you and let's work on our assertiveness. I love it. I love it. We're going to have to start wrapping up and I don't want to do that, but you're going to have hey. to come back. You'll come, Would you come back? I will. Okay, cool. Because I like like the format of that I've been doing with this show this year is I've got a handful of people who come back and do the show on a regular basis. So it's like having these co-hosts that are like fractional co-hosts. And what I love about that is that we have uh, the energy continues to build because we continue that rapport and then we just have these meaningful conversations. So we'll make that happen. So we got so much to talk about. What else was I going to ask you? I can't remember now, but for people to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that to find you? I love connecting with people. So please reach out to me on LinkedIn. 
let me know how you heard of me. So mention Gina and her awesome show. And if we could leave our your listeners with some tips, some actionable yeah, tips. That'd be yeah. great. If this episode resonated with you and if you're thinking about the self-actualization, the fulfillment, some questions you can ask yourself are, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be? How do I want to be perceived? And how am I currently being perceived? And if the, the answers to those last two questions of how am I being perceived and how do I want to be perceived are in conflict, then ask yourself, what can I do to change that? How can I change that? And just let your mind wander. Grab your phone and turn on the notes feature and the microphone and just start a brain dump. Ask yourself some questions. Talk about what life would look like if you had your way. See, we don't dream enough. We kind of just getting stuck in a rut of I do this and my name is this and my label is that. But what if we could design our best lives? And the answer is we can be whomever we want to be. As my PR guy, Dell says, you create the story that you want people to believe. And before you do that, you create the story that you want to believe and Mm -hmm. others will follow suit. I love it. I love it. These are awesome tips. Where do you want people to connect with you to reach out to you? LinkedIn, my, they'll need my email address. It is Cynthia at N-A-W-S-P, so National Association of Women Sales Professionals, dot O-R-G. You'll need my email address, Cynthia at N-A-W-S-P dot O-R-G. Make sure you customize the invite and let me know that you heard me on Gina's show, Women Your Mother Warned You About. Perfect. Perfect. And are you working on a podcast by chance? I am. I am. The Sin Michelle Project. Fantastic. That's what it's called. Fantastic. Yes. yes. When, to, when do you? So so that's going to basically kind of chronicle what's going on. Yes. Huh? Yeah, I thought, you know what? I can either go on Instagram or I can. No, it's just going to be a podcast. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy to hear that. When are you hoping? What does that launch? I would like to launch it in September as well. So by the time this comes out, the first episode will be there and I'm going to interview people to help with finances. And I'm going to ask questions about doing the 75 hard and being the best version of me. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, since we share the same producer now. Yes, we um, do. (laughs) And when he edits this episode, he will have all your information and include it into the show notes of this episode to promote the podcast and the courses as well. I can't wait to have you back. I can't wait to come back. I can't wait for a trip to Italy. I can't wait for the project that we're going to start. We have so much. We have so much. So we'll wrap up the show. And then I am, we're getting something on the schedule to continue this conversation offline. So don't go anywhere. So uh, thank you once again, Cynthia, for being here. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy and Sales Gravy University. Go up level your game at salesgravy.university. I've got some new courses coming out. I think they go hand in hand with Cynthia's assertiveness 
I've got Selling with Confidence coming out soon. So I'm super stoked about that. But we have almost 300 courses at salesgravy.university from live to on demand. So, and and it's so affordable. It's ridiculously affordable. Go check that out. And to watch this show on YouTube, go to womenyourmotherwarnedyoubout.com and click on the YouTube icon and you can watch it, which is so much more fun. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, Gina.